Well, 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 we're back. <laughs> How are you all doing? Dan's just been going off on a limb saying Tesla's are a lot of rubbish, effectively, but um, I think we've got other stuff to be covering. Um, Gents, how, how are you doing? Have you, have you, how, how was, uh, how was the weekend after two out of the three of us idiots have said we'd have continuation? It looks like we've had a little bit of a move up, but now we're in Bulls versus Bear mode, I think. Oh, we are in a heavy consolidation period right now. You, you can see it like, you see where it's pumped and then all of the moving averages, they've, they've crept up to see it. And now we're going along this long little like, um, like consolidation phase. What happens now? Absolutely nobody knows. I thought we were going to get more movement yesterday for like Martin Luther King Day, like maybe a little bit of a celebration and, you know, maybe market goes, you know, pumping. But I think now it's, they're, they're, they're not moving it because they want to like trap more liquidity, both long and short. And I reckon we're going to get some dirty wicks. We're going to dirty wick down to get the late longers and then we get dirty wick up to get the late shorters. And then what happens after that? Honestly, not got a clue. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good assessment. I mean, you didn't get the call right for the weekend. Um, I mean, I was actually, I mean, I made the statement that it's probably going to punch through that resistance, but like deep down, I didn't quite believe it, but you know, obviously in disbelief <laughs> on the Saturday when it did, I was like, wow, okay. So, you know, that was a really strong move. And I honestly thought with the move that we had on Friday going into Saturday, that it would actually continue into yesterday. But then I realized halfway through yesterday that it was actually a bank holiday in the States. So we might see it today. I think, you know, I think yesterday was probably a really bad day to have that expectation in light of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if it continued going up today. Um, but like you said, Dan, it's it's really, it really is like a coin flip at this point in time. Yeah, it's going to be Wednesday. Wednesday's going to be the big day because that's when you've got all like, the PPI stuff coming out. So it's going to be interesting to see like which way the market makers move the markets um, beforehand, before that actually happens, um, to see whether they decide to like rip it up or not. I mean, Hong Kong today, like right now, as of what, almost a half seven my time. So they're down almost 1%. Uh, US futures down fractionally, but they're still holding over 4K. Uh, Dow Jones is up a little bit. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how, how the market moves. 6% move up on the VIX as well. So yeah, it's going to be a, a day of volatility, I think. Yeah, so like DB... But I'm going to say up. Yeah, DB the at on Twitter is tier ten k is um my kind of go to for news and weeks ahead and things like that. So his uh, latest image was Monday market close for Martin Luther King Day, Wednesday BOJ rate decision morning expected to keep rates unchanged. PPI uh, half past one in the afternoon, month on month estimation point one percent, call month on month estimation not point one percent, retail sales half one and month on month estimation uh, 0.9%. So that's kind of what we got to look at. Did, we didn't, we certainly didn't do this during bull market. We weren't looking at this, all these fucking no. acronyms and all these blowjob rates and all this kind of fucking things. It's, it's just, I hate that we have to do this, but I suppose that's the way the market's going as it progresses and matures. Well, it was like the discussion we had in Discord yesterday where, you know, people are talking about narratives and what's happening in this and what's happening with that. And, 
you know, LSD right now is a big thing. And no, it's not the one that you eat. It's very different. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you really are listening to the wrong stream. Uh, but LSD is like this whole thing. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what's the thing. It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, Shibarium or freaking Caparian. If Bitcoin decides <laughs> that it's going to do a big fat dump, it doesn't matter what your narrative is. I mean, imagine a world where we weren't actually beholden to Bitcoin. And the market just did its thing. Dude, we'd all be billionaires right now, surely. <laughs> no, we'd all be hard at LSD. <laughs> we'd all be hard at LSD. <laughs> but the, the actual, the real kind of LSD. <laughs> that is not <laughs> nutritional advice, by the way. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like Bitcoin sneezes and everything just like, imagine if you could just like, in, in, invest in Dogecoin just like completely. I mean, it would probably be sitting at $300 now and there'd be no sense to what's going on. It would be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but um, there's been a lot of shit happening in the space with newsworthy stuff. So um, basically, the first thing I wanted to bring up and <laughs> I think we can get some uh, some laughs out of this. Click I, know exactly, I know exactly what you're going to oh. bring up. It's, full, it's boys, actually it's The boys full. are back in town. We predicted that, look, the, as soon we as they seen it. the first sliver of a demise happening from someone who'd fucked up bigger than they, they did, they started posting their tweets. Sue started getting all philosophical. He's like like the crypto version of like a poor man's version of uh, Naval. It's, it was just so predictable. And obviously they've been doing the rounds and Managed to raise 25 million for a new crypto exchange. Um, I think it's going to be based out of Bali, I believe, Indonesia. So, right. And the idea that it's called GTX, I've seen someone say, is it called GTX because G comes after F? So, like, G comes after the FTX kind of thing, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but are they really still so bitter that they're going to call a company GTX? Um, I just think it's... Even on the name alone, it's destined to fail. <laughs> I just thought they'd have called it like 3ACX or something. So like the 3AC exchange. But like, honestly, like it's, it's 25. I like, obviously don't know how much it is to start an exchange. I've never done it. I'm probably never going to do it. But it's 25 million really enough to like start an exchange. If I know you need like a funky looking website with a UI and whatever, but to have just 25 mil in the back for like coins. Well, stuff, dude, enough? look, no, I think it's more than enough. I think... In fact, I think that this is probably like five times more than what it is that they need. But obviously, they need 25 million so that they can do all the bells and whistles and buy themselves steak dinners for the rest of their lives and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you look at Vertex, I think, raised $8 million when they were on, on Luna. And then they've moved across. I mean, so they, they set up on Luna. They've got a solid team. And they moved to, to Arbitrum. And they've done it with eight million, and they have built. Dude, I've been on their beta. I saw some of the UI stuff that they're bringing in yesterday. These guys are building a banging product. They are going to redefine the way that DEXs are being built in the DeFi space. Trust me, it's like it's next level, and they've done it with eight million. These guys, why do they need twenty-five million? The only reason why they need twenty-five million is because they are who they are, in my opinion. So this is the this is the pitch deck that's been going around. So basically, so thesis: twenty billion crypto claims market should trade on the public market, which is kind of hilarious. So it's it's an exchange 
focused on claims, if I'm not mistaken, but I suppose we can go through it. Our roadmap, we aspire to lead the global progression towards greater financial transparency, liquidity, and certainty. This is just going to be a walking contradiction, this deck, isn't it? Like, we'll leave it, we'll leave the link uh, in the description below if you want to take a look at it yourself. But um, bootstrap user acquisitions and scaling at the largest cryptocurrency exchange. We can dominate the crypto claims market within two to three months of going live. <laughs> <laughs> This like this has to be like the 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 brainchild of like the, the, the I can imagine they're on the beach in Bali have a, had a few roots and twos and this is all just one big fat meme that they've put together because this is that is mental mate. Is this sorry? I mean, I'm in disbelief. First of all, secondly, is this really real? Uh, according to Doc Droid, I'm being dead real. serious, dude. Don't fucking laugh, bro. This is like, <laughs> this is serious shit. Like, is this really real? Yeah, we'll find out. There's, there's a load of there's a lot of people who um, there was an episode on the scoop of some guy who they'll effectively the way that would work, right? Let's say there was ten billion on FTX someone comes in and then they'll effectively be like an auction or a bidding war for how much the claim on those assets are actually worth. And I think they got priced down to around 10% or it went as low as 8% at one point. So people like these people will come in, creditors will come in and they'll say, well, we'll give people, uh, we'll give you a billion dollars now and then whatever assets can be reclaimed at a later date. And then we'll kind of take the spread in between that and obviously take their fee cut from that. So I think they've seen a kind of gap in the market with them, but would anyone really trust these guys to come in and offer eight cents or 10 cents on the dollar, get the kind of assets reclaimed and then go ahead and try and restore value back to the, the people who had been lost money. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. This feels like what Al God and his cronies were doing on a much greater scale. <laughs> and I know, I, I know this has to happen. Like creditors come in and like people buy like a whole distress company or distress assets. And that's a whole process in and of itself. It has to happen. That's kind of how these things get resolved, but they take an awful lot of time. And that's a whole industry in and of itself that one, I'm not 100% clear with, but I know that the FTX assets were getting bid at like eight cents and 10 cents on the dollar from private firms and stuff like that. But are these the real people that need to clear this up? I mean, at least they know how to unwind a position from Aave, which the FTX creditors don't seem like they know how to be doing. So, um, because they got liquidated, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just fucking stinks to me. Even if you just read some of those bits on there, like the way they're just like hitting this, this ha it is such a meme. So if you just scroll back up uh, just to that uh, other slide, just one up. So on here, the solution. So GTX unlocks FTX, Celsius, etc. Creditors claims for immediate trading. Like, dude, like, it's just, I ain't got words for it. <laughs> so, yeah, they've even quoted those numbers, what I've just mentioned in the deck. I haven't looked at this prior. So, FTX uses a sell selling claims at 10% face value for immediate liquidity or waiting 10 years. So, that's that's your kind of trade-off there. So, you can, you can sell and get immediate liquidity and get back in the market if you need to, which a lot of people were doing through fucking Telegram and shit like that to people we've just mentioned. But, so, these are effectively saying we'll come in We'll uh we'll pay ten cents on the dollar or eight cents on the dollar. I don't know what their rate is. They'd probably have to go through a full due diligence process and see how much they could expect to get out of this. 
Um, so they've effectively paid everyone off and then uh, the recovery of the assets is on them and they'll take the kind of gamble to be able to get those back liquid and take a profit. Proper murky business model. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. I know this does happen though and this a lot of kind of um, companies do this, not just in crypto. But then, in but then what happens with like, companies. so FTX obviously, so they found like, what, a billion... They said they found five billion the other day, but that's a little shit because seven hundred million of it was in like locked sol, which won't come into the market for I don't know how many years, um, and a lot of them were kind of maps and oxy tokens, which were had the highest FDVs I've ever seen out of any company uh, in crypto, which was kind of ridiculous. So um, the five billion that got quoted the last week, late last week, is um, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth for people because if they if they seen that headline and dug into the assets that were actually um like realizable and liquid and being able to sell so people could actually get their funds back then um it was a bit of a clickbait kind of headline that um didn't really have any sustenance if you looked at the actual assets that they'd actually recovered so yeah bit of a bit of a weird one for me hmm So when they so, refer to it as an exchange, does that mean that you can go and trade perps and 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 spot, or is it an exchange around companies or assets that kind of like are sitting in perpetuity, and someone comes in to claim them or whatever the case is around that? Was it kind of like so, just the claims aspect, or are they going to do like a one-stop shop exchange? So these guys, they're saying here, cross collateral, cross, put my teeth in, cross collateral margin system, spot and futures, one wallet, risk and match engine, API, post trade technology, clearinghouse integration, yeah. founding That's team, Carl Davies, yeah. Um, but I think they're going to use. What I think, <laughs> what I think they'll do is what I think the only reason Binance wanted to acquire them was. For people to actually be able to claim their assets at a later date, then you'd have to come onto the platform, sign up, and then claim them there. And uh, mm. I, I thought I think Binance were going to go down that avenue, or they just kind of got FTX to play the hand, um, and then people would be able to actually claim their assets on Binance if if it all went through. And then that, they use that as like their basic customer acquisition cost. Because once you, it's like it's like when Paddy Power or something give you like a ten dollar free bet just out of nowhere. Or they'll give you 10, 10, a 10 pound bet or a ten dollar bet if you bet like fifty dollars or whatever. If the money's already in the casino, you're hardly gonna take it off. You're gonna you're just gonna keep like chugging away, chugging away, chugging away, and then you're trying to revenge trade all your fucking money back. So I don't I'm gonna read this in more detail and try and get some information out about it, but it just seems a bit like it, it stinks a little bit to me. Twenty five million seed. I'd like to know what they expect their valuation to be on that, but I'd probably say it'd be at least five to ten times knowing these guys so um gdx token coming soon of course anything else on that token. possible of course of course there'll be a token <laughs> are you ready to trade head on head against 3ac that's what it is you're gonna get a lot of like like crypto larpers making like content around and how they went head to head with them on their exchange mm. Correct. 
So this is this is exactly what I was just saying. So boot, bootstrap user acquisition and scale into the largest cryptocurrency exchange. So the way they're going to bootstrap uh, acquisition is basically allowing people to go through the claims on um, some of the assets that they can actually recover, and then they'll take their fee from that. So, you know, all these claims, clear markets need to unlock 20 billion in crypto claims, dominate as the only public market for claims trading on order books, breed, use loyalty and scale community, fill the power vacuum left by FTX, <laughs> continue to prove core competency and breadth of innovative products, appeal to the crypto trading appetite of claims holders, regulated platform for $2 trillion securities lending market, can take advantage of the no regulatory debt unlike other exchanges and expand into other regulated markets. Patrick, crazy. Like, Lord, give me the strength and the confidence of Kyle Davies and Suzu. <laughs> I don't know. It's like when Just Bing. Asks, day in crypto, it's, like when Bing, it's like when Bing asks to be a default search engine. It's like that level of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's seriously know. degeneracy, that. So the, the founder of Wintermute came out and also said, um, and since we're talking about canceling stuff, if you're investing in CoinFlex slash 3SC exchange, you might find it a bit difficult to work with Wintermute in the future on the relationship building side. So people aren't happy about this, obviously. Um, I don't know why people just keep giving these kind of people money, but here we are. Any thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, they're just trying to make it all back in one trade, but it's quite cool to see the Wintermute people like standing up against it which is nice we need more of this we need more mm. of this kind of this this narrative and this commitment to not just these guys everyone should be saying you guys are no longer welcome and this is why and you need to go and fly a kite somewhere else um and as long as they as long as these big players are not actually standing up to this it's just going to carry on and i mean these guys are going for round two now who knows what they did before 3ac i mean it's just i don't know I'm, I'm still in complete disbelief i can't believe that they're doing what they're doing and they got 25 million dollars that's a lot of money guys in this you market know, it is in this market in, in it's this a market. serious serious amount of money um you know in light of the degeneracy that they participated in and what happened to 3AC. I'm, I'm astounded that they managed to raise this money. It's crazy. Yeah, I think, I don't know the ins and outs of this, but apparently I've seen something before where they said they were kind of forced out of the whole Forex industry community as well for kind of, you know, being less than, <laughs> less than, uh, you know, just pull, pulling off similar tactics to what was going on in, in, the whole crypto scheme that had gone so it's not just the second second time they've done something like this it's you can't like expect these people to change their stripes so who knows um binance pulled out pretty cool product idea here so the headline from coindesk is binance will allow institutional investors to keep collateral off the crypto exchange um, institutional investors can post collateral from cold wallets with Binance custody, the crypto exchange said. So I suppose it's a it's a, a, a nice compromise, you know, if they're trading on the exchange and want to go through that 
don't trust the, the exchange with their actual assets given what's happened to FTX. So happy middle ground. I don't know what you both think about that one. Um, yeah, I've, got a question. Headway. Mm. I've got a question to ask, and that is that there's a lot of people out there who who aren't who are not stupid, who have great insight into markets and the dynamics of markets, who really believe that Binance is a major risk. And I'm just curious what you guys think, like for real. I mean, let's just take the memes out the room for a second. Dan, I'm speaking to you particularly. Like seriously, <laughs> do you guys think that Binance is, you know, based on what's out there and, and kind of like behavior and all the rest of it, do you think these guys are, are a high-risk institution? I mean, what, what are your thoughts around Binance? Dan, you can go first. Um, well, I've had a few conversations with, you know, people on the street and one of them, one of the guys was saying that, you know, there is, um, there is a hole that they've got uh, behind the scenes that does need to be plugged, but it's not big enough to basically like wreck the exchange from what he was saying. So I think it's one of these things. If somebody the side, obviously like FTX were doing like dodgy stuff, but if something the size of FTX can go down, you know, or if like, if you look way back when someone like, you know, the Lehman's um, when they went down, if something that size can just collapse, you know, it is always begs, begs the question that, you know, why can't, why can't Binance, you know, are, are they fine? Yeah. On the face of it, they look great. CZ's, you know, shit posting mm -hmm. most, most of the day, you know, they're, they're doing all these good things for, for, for the news. They've still, I assume they've still got that, um, that wallet that just had like, a billion dollars in for like the billion dollar recovery fund that you don't really hear about anymore, but it's just sat there. So they've done a lot of good things in the news. What the back end's like, that is super hard to say because nobody really knows until shit hits the fan and 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 like mass capitulation or or some kind of like crashing happens. But I guess for now, it seems okay on the face of it. Yeah. But... Grant. I think I think they've um, they've came out of this seemingly undamaged, um, and I think it really is the point of where people know if Binance were to go under, that would be an extremely, extremely difficult um, thing for the industry to recover from. So it feels like they're kind of a no one likes pointing too much kind of forward or no one actually likes going head to head with them because they know for a fine fact if those they were to go down then it's going to drag the rest of the industry down with them i think it would eventually recover if anything like that were to happen um but i don't know i think i think they'd be all right i think the industry is better for for them being here if that makes the slightest bit of difference but i don't really know you never know what interests are at play when you hear kind of shit getting thrown around i actually think you're you're correct i agree with you um i just think that they have too much momentum and too much volume even if they do have even a larger hole than what they could fill i think there are a lot more solutions for them kind of like on the table potentially and I also think that CZ is no fool. And if they were in trouble of any sort, I believe that they would be able to solve that problem in light of the fact that they're the biggest exchange. Um, 
I don't think they're doing what FTX were doing. I think they have way more checks and balances in place. Um, as someone who's been on Binance as a user of Binance, they're definitely upping their game. I mean, now they're demanding proof of income. Um, and they're quite strict in terms of the stuff that they put out there. Way more strict and way more accountable on the face of it than anything that FTX ever displayed. So I don't really think that Binance is a risk for going down. Are they a risk in terms of having to sort out problems? Probably, like you said, Dan, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the in the background that we'll never know. But I do believe that they have the momentum to solve those problems. Um, and like you said, Grant, I think the, the cherry on top is that the space is better for having them around. And I agree. Like, that's probably the single most important thing, irrespective of whether you like CZ or not. Um, they're important. They're I mean, important in terms of mass adoption and, and the momentum that crypto needs. I mean, if you just look at that, so if you just scroll up to the top, if you just look at that list, I mean, okay, so let, let's say Binance, completely buggered, they're gone. Like, yeah. are we now going to start trusting Bitfinex, OKX, Crypto.com, Huobi, KuCoin? You know, like there, there's no like, I think what we've got in crypto now is like you've got you've got the, the the big ones, but then everybody else is like really, really tiny. There's no like, I wouldn't say there's no like medium yes. exchange. When I when I think of no. crypto, it's like, yeah, crypto, crypto is Binance. You know, crypto yes. isn't like KuCoin or, or whatever. These are the smaller exchanges. Whilst they're doing some good things, to have Binance gone, it's just like... It wouldn't do it wouldn't do the industry any favors yeah so you know what i think is also really important around this discussion that is our is our our love and our foundation is DeFi, and obviously what's happened over the last year or so has just given the DeFi narrative so much fuel and now we're seeing you know decentralized exchanges that essentially want to and will replicate the decentralized exchange experience and i think that's where the real value or not necessarily the value but the real winner in this whole thing is that now we're looking towards DeFi to fulfill the same function that centralized exchanges have done and i think it's going to happen it's going to take a bit of time but if you've got guys like vertex i mean gmx have really hit the ball out the park there but the gmx experience is still not it's still not comparable to a centralized exchange experience, which people want. So the onboarding, offboarding, you know, coming onto the coming on chain, getting off chain, moving your money around, you know, customizing your UI so that you can trade effectively, liquidity being the most important thing. That's what's needed now. And I think that like Vertex, I think are gonna get it right. Like I said earlier on, I think they are really they're upping the game. You know, there's some clever guys there, they know exactly what that experience needs to be, and I think they're gonna get it right. And then it's just going to up the game. And I think probably in the next, I'm hoping anyways, in the next two to five years, we'll be having a very different discussion to what we're having now in terms of what DEXs have got to offer and the user experience around them. They need to make like, I coined it in one of the newsletters, like um, you need to make like a sexy DEX where it is, it looks and feels <laughs> this is, like this sex, is it. but it works this like is it. DEX. Yeah. This is it. Like it needs Vertex to be, is that. It needs to be, yeah. No, I agree, but like it, it, things still need to be like prettier. Like you need to, you need to make things so as as simple as Binance, but in a decentralized way, uh, in a Dex way. 
And I think we are a long, a long way off that. I don't think it's going to be this year. Um, will it be next year? I disagree year? with you. I disagree nah. with you. I think, we, I, think by, I think by June of this year, the, the Vertex experience is going to prove you wrong. I'm going on record on the stream and we will revisit this conversation. Let's leave yeah. it at that. If anyone's wondering why the charts look like that, it's because it's not live yet. It's just the UI is no, out. And they've, got a test. they've got a test now. So, um, but yeah, this is going to be on Arbitrum. Keep a look. We have an article on the website and we also have a testnet tutorial. Who knows if that's going to be incentivized or retroactively? Nobody knows, but you know, testnets, incentivized testnets are all the rage at the minute. So I'd go and give it a go. So you can do your buy and sell orders on the right as well. You can customize. I saw that yesterday. You can move it across to the right, like Binance that has it. Um, order books are off chain and not on chain because they want immediate for now. They, these guys know what they're doing. They are so on it, it's scary. Bullish um, on Vertex, but we'll, 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 take, we'll take the DeFi conversation uh, into Discord. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think, Dan, you're 100% correct. It needs to be sexy, it needs to be fluid, and it needs to fulfill the same role that central exchanges are doing. And I think we're going to get there a lot sooner than you think. That's my take on it. Something really do. I've been paying attention to every day this week is the 2.2 billion inflows to Binance. This when week. TradFi adopts time. it and when TradFi understands how to use it and we see an inflow of money, then yeah. You mean retail? Full retail? Not TradFi? No, TradFi. No? Uh, I, I think when you get the big TradFi guys... Uh, using it and showing that it works, then I think that's going to be one of the, the catalysts for, you know, normies and like retail to actually come back in because right now there's there's no reason for them. Like you could have like the sexiest decks no out there, yeah. but it's only going to be us three and like a couple of people in, in, in Discord using it. it, it <laughs> as soon as TradFi starts to come back in, <laughs> as soon as, like, I believe this, as soon as TradFi starts to come back in, and like sees a bit more positivity and once the the giga brains in tradfi space um who get as wrecked as much as we do it, it when they start to understand how these things actually work then that's when it's going to be that's when we're going to see DeFi actually winning but for now yeah. like i think this this year is all about DeFi building to get the right experience where they not, not so much move away from like you know um, the, the user experience that, that we have, but they engage in the user experience that is fit for everybody because right now it's not fit for everybody. And even on the best DEXs, it's not fit for everyone. And it needs to be. Agreed. I agree if we, with you. If we, really, if we really want it to go. Even for your large, even for your large volumes and like really depth, like Vertex is a, obviously an order book. So um, and the way that they're actually allowing people to come in, if you think of like a traditional AMM on Uniswap, it's it's certainly moving towards that way with the likes of Arrakis and Uni V3 and things like that. But in its in its current form, if you were um, a market maker on Binance or wherever you market make and you've got a large kind of volumes going through there every day, you can't necessarily just transpose those um, algorithms on top of Uni V3. Iraq is going to try and make that a little bit easier um, with their Palm product that's coming out. But with the likes of Vertex, uh, they have really basic APIs to be able to connect um, what you'd traditionally be doing on a centralized exchange into their decks. So I think that's like one of the points. It's in the article if you can find it on the website. 
uh, but that's just something that's completely overlooked, I think. So order book on chain, on Arbitrum, sub-second uh, execution and the ability for traditional market makers to plug in their own uh, algos. So I think this will get ridiculous volume, if I'm being honest. But that's that's exactly what you're saying, isn't it, Dan? It's like the UI UX needs to be... Do me a favor, please, Grant. Just go and look at the volume yeah. that GMX did last week. Was it like two point five or something ridiculous? Because they had a, they had a day where that where it was one point eight million, which just screams to me like people got wrecked. <laughs> uh, where to find that? The reason why I'm asking is, is it will be interesting to look at this number now because I, I completely agree with you in terms, uh, Dan, in terms of like meaningful volume and getting TradFi into the whole space. But even without that, because clearly it isn't here at the moment, just to see like what the, the pure DGEN volumes are versus you know, more widely retail versus trade five volume later on. And then kind of like reflecting back on this conversation in six months to 12 months time. Remember when we looked at it, it was at X and look at it now. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that, that, that difference comes into play. Yeah. So the, just trying to find them. Ah, uh, oh, there, over there. Let's have a look at this. I think this is more telling anyway. Um, so they, 30, 30 day fees, they've made like 10.75 million. Wow. Which is. That's like, impressive. Yeah, super impressive. 24 hour fees. Let me see if I can get this to change. Yeah, so they're like seventh. Um, I don't know how Tron's doing that. Maybe just for USDC, USDT uh, sends. But yeah, 10.75 million. Two below Uniswap at 23.12 million. So it, I don't think there's a better product with regards to product market fit on the market at the minute. And the beauty of it as well, out of all of those um, protocols other than convex even though that's a little bit more convoluted the revenue share between all of these protocols doesn't come anywhere near as much as what you get with glp or gmx tokens being staked so that's why it's so um well thought of in in the community and with the whole arbitrum and avalanche ecosystems because it's it's a fee printer and it's also got 100 revenue distribution to glp liquidity providers and gmx stakers so it's kind of nuts and what do you think about GMX going back over to BNB? Is that is that definitely happening? Yeah, it's it's in a proposal stage. And if you read like the the page where it's got, you got some proper salty beans on there who don't really want them to go back because <laughs> they obviously like <laughs> they obviously started life over on BNB's gambit before before coming over. Yeah. So the guys that are proposing it are saying you know, it's, it's just going to be a great avenue for like you know more liquidity, more people. But then I guess you could say the same argument for GMX going over to Polygon as well. 
But if if if, if GMHs go truly cross train on everything, Jesus Christ, then we start to get a sexy dex. That's a really sexy dex. Yeah, I I think they should just fucking go wherever there's demand for it because obviously the there's going to be a fork over there that generates that revenue and like the you know what I mean if if there's token distribution and fee distribution to stakers and things I don't see why they shouldn't be doing it. Um, you know, Avalanche and Arbitrum two great chains to be on originally, but like BSC is a hive of activity and there's <laughs> there's some there's some really kind of uh, Decent volumes that happen over there, like look at Pancake Swap up there, ninth BSC twenty four, like the chain itself twenty four point four million over the past thirty days in fees. So why not? Yeah, Vertex also same plan, multi chain build on top of us. So they they they're not just building an exchange; they're building the infrastructure for builders to come in and build on top of them and use their services to kind of like dovetail into and other project services. So it's kind of like, that's where the sexiness comes in, like Dan is saying, is that it's got to be, it can't be one one dimensional. It's got to accommodate a whole lot of functions. And that's what these guys are building now. Nobody's building one product anymore. They're all building the ability to go multi-chain without any like quarter given around that. And then also to be able to not have fragmented liquidity. And that's obviously where, you know, layer zero has come in and all that kind of stuff. So things are changing and things are changing rapidly. And this is the year for it, you know, with all these builders coming in. We've got some really cool projects coming out this year. Yeah, that's going to be my, ne right. my next question. Why don't they just build on top of like layer zero and then just on 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 day one have like the the octopus, the octopus arms to like and all the, all the fingers to like 13 pools of liquidity? Why don't they just do that? Would that not make more sense? Um, you probably you probably could have right. So there'd be there'd be a couple of ways to do it. So if you wanted unified liquidity, one that becomes a huge risk vector. Um, so I don't think they'd do that. But you could certainly have different GLP pools across different chains. The only thing I think people would be really bothered about is um, so when those fees get distributed. Let's say you're getting like for GLP. Let's say you get thirty percent on Arbitrum. You're getting um, 25% on Avalanche, and maybe you're only getting 20% on BSC. So people who are staked on um, Arbitrum, if there was like a omni-chain kind of solution to claim fees on whatever chain you wanted, then how do you go about doing that? Do you just allow people to claim on their original source chain that they're using, or because if you're committed on Arbitrum and BSCs only bringing in 20% while you are bringing in 30%. You don't want that to be averaged across all chains because then that starts to be a bit political. I mean, you definitely could do that, but, you know, it's a bit of a funny one. Um, you could certainly do it. I'm pretty sure someone will go ahead and try and do it, but uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a push to be on that one. I think the short answer, Dan, from my side is that I think it's really doable, but then... Like like Grant was saying, is that you've got risk risk vectors around having, say, for example, liquidity in one place. So in many ways, yeah, even yeah. though having liquidity in one place is an advantage, it can also be a disadvantage from a security perspective. You know, and the the big the big challenge right now is to kind of I think from from the layer zero perspective, and obviously having the omni chain narrative is 
this thing hasn't really been tested from a security perspective yet. It's it's it seems pretty legit, well, very legit, and it does what it's supposed to do. But you know, obviously, chains have been tested, and we've had what close to four billion dollars being stolen off transactions that occur over chains. The whole point about layer zero is to solve that problem. Let's see now. It's going out in the field. Time will tell. Um, I mean, obviously, in terms of the theory around it, it's, it seems to be way more secure. You know, some people try to discredit layer zero uh, and its messaging protocol and its method in in on Twitter this week on one of the posts that I put out there and they got completely had for breakfast. I think it was L2, someone who posted like this this argument around it. And he got had for breakfast by two founders. So I think it's three founders, actually. Uh, founder of Layer Zero, Interswap, and Tapioca Dial came out firing and essentially chewed him up and spat him out. But those are the conversations that need to be had. And now we need to see how it plays out in the field. Dan, do you want to go into this one? <laughs> uh yeah, I guess can do. So, you know, more 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 news, more more big people back in, you know, other big people. So Sakamuchi is back in uh, Brett Harrison's new crypto techno crypto software project. Name is yet to be disclosed. Any other information is yet to be disclosed. Is this just Twitter up? Could be. But it's interesting to see like a lot of the people at like these exchanges that you know completely fluffed up. So we obviously had free AC. Um, now we've got, you know, so if you don't know, Brett Harrison was the former, um, the former CEO of FTX uh, US who, st who stepped down at the right time before it all collapsed. And now you've got uh, Anthony Sacramucci, who is aping in with his own personal cash uh, into this new crypto software company. But nobody really knows too much other than that, apart from some, you know, um, very nice raiding that they're doing on each other's Twitters at the moment. <laughs> Cute. All right, so to wrap to wrap it up, um, higher or lower? <laughs> Dan, Dan thinks there's going to be some like severe wicks up and down, but uh, I am I am going to I'm going to say a bold prediction. I think we're going to go up this week purely because if PPI is uh, good on Wednesday, that's going to send us. And also, just as we were speaking now. You can obviously like take this as a pinch of salt as you should do with everything that comes out. But apparently uh, the Credit Suisse chairman says, I see no global recession. Goldman Sachs has, you know, reduced their recession warning. Uh, and like I've mentioned before, like last week was all about soft landing, soft landing, soft landing, soft landing uh, on Bloomberg. <laughs> so you're, you're trying to, you're trying to, um, the, the, you see where the psychological sentiment shift is going and, yeah, a few a few naughty wicks are coming, um, but I'm going to say up this week. Yeah, I agree. I think up definitely. I completely agree with the wicks. I think that's standard. Uh, why up? Simply because we haven't seen this kind of strength probably in a year, maybe even longer. I mean, it just really it punched through that major major resistance just under. 19 and a half like it was effortless like a hot knife through butter and i think it's just gonna really charge um and ETH is also looking really good i mean it's yeah i mean it's great that you brought it up uh we haven't seen this much strength in ETH also for ages and so i think up this week i mean we've had 
what's it, 10 days? In, 10, in the last 10 days, we've had, no, nine days, we've had seven seven green days in a row. So, well, not in a row, but seven seven greens out of nine days, I think it is. Or, yeah. No, it's two weeks. So two, think, it's 12, yeah. 12 days green, two, two weeks, 12 days green, two days red. So, that's impressive. Yeah. I'm happy for us just to linger around this level for a while. Just let people kind of um, chill out. Argue with one another. Yeah, they need to yeah, argue yeah. with one another. We need the bears to get grumpy and we need the bulls to get happy and then we need the bulls to be a little bit grumpy. We need a little bit of this. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd have been a bit concerned if we'd have went straight at 1700, like on ETH and just, you know, rejected yeah, the then down. It, but, um, then you know. Yeah, then it's just going to go straight this, back. There's good, there's good inflows happening, you know. Like I brought up the finance getting this month two billion in. I mean, I know it's not like ridiculous, but at least it's like positive coming in as opposed to the past however many months have just been kind of down only. So um, we will see. Uh, any quick halts just before we round it up? Might have been doing a half all right. Rockpool's been killing it. Uh, I'm just like uh, honestly, one of the only ones I'm looking at is Phantom uh, at the moment because uh, they've got like a conference coming up pretty soon, and with a 30-year runway, Andre's back in back in the seat. Um, something something could potentially happen. Oh, and uh, yesterday I saw. Um, so this is completely off topic now. Uh, Redacted Cartel. They've just launched a new a new T-shirt, and in their medium they gave. Not very good, like alpha hints on De Niro, but you know they they're mentioning like when De Niro, they're just like soon. Yeah, we'll be covering the... we'll be we'll be covering some redacted cartel stuff. I mean, we've always loved what they've done. I'm a big fan of of Sammy's work. I think he's one of my favorite Giga brands in the space, and the dude just keeps on delivering. And yeah, we love what they those guys are doing. I think they just providing the basis for the best kind of innovation in the DeFi space and they just keep on delivering man it's like more more to come so yeah we'll be covering quite a lot of this stuff coming yeah in, in folds coming months manifolds acting pretty strong at the minute um i think we mentioned it on the last on the last um stream but i think the integration in sushi happens this month as well so um Lots of nice revenue share back to fold folders there. Um, I'd probably be a seller news as, as soon as it happens and gets integrated, as all these things are. But it's been showing some really, really good strength. A little bit of volume coming in there. Probably still got a little bit of the move left to go, personally think. Um, yeah, other than that, just LSD narrative projects, GMX, obviously, and... CVX also looks really strong. We haven't seen yeah, CVX do what it's doing right, right now. And Freaking forever. Fraxes is killing. Yeah, killing it. Yeah, there's um, a, another like ten thousand ETH added as well into the to the state pool. I mean, look at that chart, dude. I mean, CVX is just such a king at the moment as well. Frax oh, is king. Frax's well. roadmap is dropping imminently, like for this year. So I think that's another like yeah. So I think that's another thing that people are uh, are maybe like. You know, buying buying the rumor to then either keep the news or sell it. But Pickle, he's extremely bullish. And he he made a post, really good, really good Twitter thread, 
that we did add in the newsletter a while ago um, from the start of the year and saying how he thinks um, Frax ETH, like Frax staked ETH, is going to be one of the biggest, best plays. I mean, look at that. Look at that. Um, On other news, also really good news, Tapioca DAO about to release their white paper. They've been working long and hard on it. Um, I've had a glimpse of it. uh, It melted my brain several times. But... (laughs) It's going to be really interesting and the reason why i brought it out is that they they bring forward some really interesting ideas you know we was, i spoke about you know sammy and the way that he's approached that he approaches things tapioca are just taking a lot of a lot of the ideas that have been out in DeFi, and they they kind of like pumping steroids into it it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out so yeah expect us to be writing about that and chatting about what tapioca are doing um really exciting project i mean we love what those guys have done from a community perspective from a product perspective let's see let's see what the white paper brings and how the market reacts to it it's gonna be great right i think that's it anything else gents that's it from me all right all right all right um newsletters below Something big happening so this week. Good. Newsletters in the description. Uh, if you give, could give that a subscribe. You might be getting a nice and juicy email this week about what's happening on there. And yeah, if you could do the live scan subscribe thing here. And if you're listening on uh, Spotify as well, just hit the follow button. And you can also leave us a five star review, please. Thanks. But yep, um, we'll see you Friday. Take it easy. Have a good week. See you Friday. Cheers. Over now.